Parshas Bo, part one. By Yoyman Hashem al Moshe Boy al Paro. Hashem says to Moshe, Come to Paro. Zohar, Rabbi Mendel of Kotsk, as well, comment. What does he mean, Bo al Paro? Come to Paro. Shouldn't he say, Go to Paro? Leich al Paro. The Zohar says, Hashem says, Come with me. I'll take you. I'm going to take you to Paro. Which, of course, eternal lesson. Any paro that we encounter, that we need to face, Hashem comes with us. I have hardened his heart. The heart of his servants. And we had a question last week. I forgot who asked. You know, what about the people? Did the people just go along with this craziness? I mean, they were the ones suffering with all of these plagues. So here you see in this verse that God not only hardened the heart of Paro, but he, he hardened the heart of his servants. Now, it doesn't say the people, because as we've seen in last week's Parsha, and we'll see it again here, there's three categories. There's Paro, then there's his servants, and then there's the people. So it says the people, the, the servants' heart. It doesn't talk about the people. But we'll see also in a minute that... There's going to be a little bit of pushback on the Pharaoh from his own people. Let's see. But in the meantime, God says, come with me to Paro. Uh, Moshe, go, 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 come with me to Paro. I'm hardening their hearts so that I can place these signs of mine in their midst. This was another question that came up. I think Iran, you asked last week, you know, what is the point of all of these plagues? Here it's very clear. God is saying, this is almost like a game that God is playing to teach. Um, and as we'll see, it's for the Jewish people to learn these lessons. Says Rashi, warn him, give him a warning. Bays, the point of these wonders is, verse 2, so that you will be able to tell the story in the ears of your sons, and your son's son, your children and your grandchildren, that I made a mockery of Egypt. And the, and the, the miracles that I placed in them, signs that I placed in them, and you will know that I am God. In other words, as we mentioned, to save the Jewish people, God could simply send in some flying carpets, take them all out, and bring them to Israel. Shalom Yisrael. No, there's a process here, and there's a Moses, and there's an Aaron. They have to go to Paro, and there's a whole back and forth because there's a lesson that has to be derived. Paro in Egypt, this was like kind of the, the height of culture, of sophistication, of science, of mathematics. And here it was being they were being humbled. We'll see that word come up in a minute. That they were uh, that Pharaoh refuses to be humbled, but this is the goal. The goal is to humble the Pharaoh and the Jews to witness all of this into their collective consciousness. Verse three. So Moshe and Aaron come to Pare, and they say to him. Ko Amar Hashem, so said the Lord, the God of the Hebrews. 
Admosai meanto. Until how long will you refuse? Lay on not to be humble. Miponoi from before me. Shalach ami viabduni. Send out my people and they shall worship me. If you refuse to send out my people, I'm going to bring you tomorrow a gift. Amazon Prime delivery tomorrow. No extra charge. We put it into the cost of the item. What are you getting delivered? Locust into your borders. They will obscure the view of the earth. They will cover the literally the eye, ain or the, the view of the earth. Somebody looking at the earth won't be able to see it because it'll be covered with the arbe, with the locust. Any surviving remnant of vegetation that's left from after the plague of hail. That's what they're going to eat. And they're going to eat all of the trees that grow in the field. As we learned last week, the last aliyah of last week, what did it say? That the, um, the barley, the barley and the flax, that was already hard. So when the barad came, the hail came, it broke the barley and the, the flax. But um, but the wheat and the spelt, that survived. So that's, I guess that's what the, the, um, the locusts got to eat. A lot of gluten. And your houses, these, these locusts, you're going to fill up your houses. Your house, meaning paro, your house your houses, and your houses of your servants, and the houses of all of Egypt. And it's going to be a locust like your forefathers and their grandfathers and your grandfathers never saw. Interesting parallel, how he starts with the three generations, the two generations. You know, you're going to tell the story to your children, your grandchildren, and here it goes in the other direction, that this is a plague that the Egyptians, not their fathers saw, not their grandfathers saw. From the day that they were on the earth until this day, and then Moshe turns and he leaves Paro's presence. Interesting that we started off with Moshe and Aaron. But it seems to say in the singular that he left. It doesn't say they left. Stop comment. Verse 7, the servants of Paro said to him, Ah, so here he's getting a little pushback. The servants of Paro finally tell him, Hello, do we really want to keep these people any longer? How long will this one be a stumbling block to us? Send these people out. Let them serve their God. God, their God, do you not yet know that Egypt is lost? Have you been paying any attention, Mr. Farrell? Do you read the news? You're checking your WhatsApp? 
Aterem teida, how you lay a dive to give them its rain? That's interesting. Now they finally wake up. This is plague number seven. No, it's plague number eight. <laughs> plague number eight, finally they woke up. Azultov, Moidani. Bokertov. And also interesting, I don't have an answer for this. I'm just raising questions for the research department. And um, we just read that God says that I hardened his heart and the hearts of his servants. So if God had hardened his, their hearts, then why are they suddenly waking up? Maybe it means that they were hard, their hard, hearts were hardened before, but now, now not anymore. I don't know. So it took them seven plagues to, uh, uh, <clears throat> to wake up and smell the coffee. Right. Yeah. Be humbled. I guess so it seems, hum seems like the servants of, of Paro have been humbled, but Paro himself, and these, when he's scared, again, with servants of Paro, these are his, you know, his ministers, his people who are close to him. This is not yet the people at large, the people, people. And even these ministers had uh, frogs inside of them earlier on. Right. And they got trampled by wild beasts. Yeah. And so when, when uh, Moshe and Aaron give the warning of this plague, this eighth plague of locusts, finally they speak up and say, you know, maybe we should reconsider our, uh, the, uh, our uh, Jewish policy, <laughs> our policy vis-a-vis -vis the Jews. Verse 8, apparently Paro heard what they had to say. And by you, Shabbos, Moshe, Moshe and Aaron were brought back. Hey, come back, come back, come back, come back to Paro. And he says to them, you know what? Go serve the Lord your God. Exactly what his, exactly what his, um, his servants had said to him. But, who exactly do you think is you're taking with you on this trip to serve the Lord your God? Who and who are the ones going? Here's a very famous line. The Rebbe used to say it. Rebbe used to end many of his talks, almost all of his talks, with a prayer from Mashiach. And he would say, With our young people, with our old people, with our sons, with our daughters, we're going to go to Mashiach. He was paraphrasing this verse. So Moshe says to Parai, with our young ones, with our old ones, we will go with our sons, with our daughters, with our flocks, and with our cattle, we will go. Because it's a, a holiday, a festival for God to us. Everybody's going. I think I mentioned everybody. So Parai says, not so fast. So the, may the Lord be with you. As Rashi explains, if I would send you and your children as you are asking, then you really need God's help. Why? Because, ooh, have a look. There is evil opposite your faces. I can see in the stars, as Rashi explains, um, that something really bad is going to happen to you people. 
So you don't really want all your kids to go with you. Let me tell you what to do. Just the adults, just the men, but not even the adults, just the men. I mean, not the women and not the kids. You will go. That's all you need. No kids. Kids stay here. Let's have a look at Rashi. Rashi says, I'm not going to send uh, you and I'm not going to send your animals. Understand this like the Targum. Rashi cites a medrash. I heard. Rashi says that there is a medrash that he heard that says that there is a star called Ra'a. Ra'a, which means evil. And Paro says to the to, to Moshe and Aaron, I see with my astrological visions that that star, the star of Ra'a, is rising towards you in the desert. And it's a sign of blood and, and death and killing. And in fact, when the Jewish people sinned with the golden calf, and God said, I'm going to kill the people, Moshe said in his prayer, Why should the Egyptians say that he took them out with evil? So what is Moshe saying? Moshe is saying, if you kill the Jewish people, then Paro is going to say, you see, I was right. I told them that there's blood awaiting them in the desert from this star of Bira'o. And that's what Moshe is referencing in his prayer. And when he says that, so God changes his mind about the Ra'o and he, and he transforms the blood that was actually foreseen in the astrological sign that they were destined to, he just transforms it into the blood of circumcision, also postpones it, that when the Jewish people eventually, 40 years later, will go into the land of Israel, Joshua is going to have them circumcised. And there in the book of Joshua, in chapter 5, it says, on this day when the circumcision was done, I rolled away the rebuke of the Egyptians from you. Because the Egyptians were saying, we see blood awaits you in the desert. Yes, it is blood. The blood of circumcision. Nothing to be ashamed of and nothing to be scared of. So that's what it means in Joshua. That when he did the circumcision, now the, the Egyptians, the shame of the Egyptians was removed. So that's what Paro is telling him. It's not a good idea for your kids to go. Just the men will go because you've got bad news. And if you if I would allow you to go, you really need God's help. It's a little bit of a difficult verse. That's how the commentaries explain it. Verse 11, not so, says Paro. Let the men go now. Give it. The Hashem, serve God. That's what you're asking. You're asking to serve God. You don't need kids, don't need to serve God. And he chases them away from Paro's face. As Rashi says, it wasn't Paro, it was somebody else. Chased them away from Paro. And that's interesting. He calls him back and now he chases him away. 
That's a guy who's very uh, got his mind made up. Not so, like you said, to take the children with you. Only the adults, only the men. That's what you're asked for. You kept saying that you want to offer sacrifices to your God. It's not the way of young little kindalach to be offering sacrifices. So he chases him out. Well, he had wanted to uh, get rid of the, the guys for a long time, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, he, he wanted to kill him off before, and then he sees this, uh, you know, evil star that's going to, uh, you know, kill them off. You know, so, yeah, you know, he's highly motivated to uh, get them out there and, uh, you know, and they won't come back. Good, good. All right, let's plug along a little further here. Verse 12, God says to Moshe, here we go, plague eight coming right up. Please stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt, for the locusts, and it will rise up over the land of Egypt, and it will eat all of the vegetation of the earth, everything that was left over by the hail. So he does that. Stretches forth his staff over the land of Egypt. And God causes a, he leads an east wind in the land. Ruach Kadim, Kadim's east. Ba'aret in the land. That entire day and that night, that entire night. The morning was. By the time it was morning, the east wind had carried the locusts. The locusts went up over all of Egypt. And they landed. They parked throughout the land, the borders of Egypt. Very heavy, very severe. There was never such plague of locusts before the and afterward after which there will be no plague like it says rashi there was a plague of locusts in the days of joel and it says there never was such in the world and it's in a way it was more severe than that of moses and yet here our verse says it was never anything like it the answer rashi explains is there different types of severity one in the times of Joel was a many different types of locusts. It was Yelek, Chosil, and Gozom. But the time of Moshe was only one type, and that type of a plague was one and only, never was and never will be. Chasas came kolod, it covered the view of the entire land, and the land turned dark. It ate and consumed all the grass, the vegetation of the earth, and all of the fruit of the tree that was left over from the from the, from the hail. So this was a one-two punch: the hail plus the plus the 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 locusts destroyed all the vegetation. There was nothing left; no greenery was left in the trees or in the vegetation of the fields throughout the entire land of Egypt. 
Vayamaher paroi paroi hurries Vayamaher likroi lemoishalaret call motion on it and he says chatosi l'Hashem lekechem lechem. There's an expression in the Talmud Rishaim meleim charatot that the wicked are filled with regrets. They do something wrong, they regret it, but they do it again and they regret it again. This is Pari. He regrets. He says, no, no, no. Then he's back. I sinned to the Lord your God, and to you. And now, please forgive my sin only this time and pray to the Lord your God and remove from me remove from me just this death. And you would think that Pharaoh would have uh, food in his palace, you know, but this locust was just eating things out in the field. You would think that Paro would, you know, at least have a couple of days stored, you know, some sardines, canned sardines. And his, and, and his uh, folks could uh, go out and, you know, collect locusts and he could eat them. Right. Probably had a few pizzas in the freezer. So it's interesting that he comes running, that it's so fast, and he's he's calling this death. This is the first time he says such a thing. Good. Leave it for our research upon. Verse 18. So he, he Moses, left Paro. And he prays to God. And as we learned last week, is more than he prays hard. And God listens. God reversed a very strong west wind, Ruach Yam. So we have when, when God blessed Jacob, he said, you will, you, will, you will burst forth westward and eastward. Yam Vakedim is west and east. You know, you typically you think Mizrach and Maidav, but these are other words for west and east. West and east. Chazak Maid, a very strong wind. And it carried the locust, it picked up the locust. It thrust them into the Red Sea. Not even one locust was left, because as Eric pointed out, this is a nice little dish for them. They didn't deserve it. So we had this, just like the frogs, they stuck around. They had big piles of smelly frogs, because that they couldn't do anything with and they weren't that hungry at that point to make it uh, useful. But when the wild animals came, they were also chased out. They disappeared. So they wouldn't benefit from the hides. And here too, they wouldn't benefit from the locusts. As Rashi says, Even the salted ones, which they, the Egyptians, had salted for themselves to eat. Easy come, easy go. Bashir explains why um, you know, some of the the, the, demog- the, um, the topography over here. Verse 20. Here God hardens the heart of Paro. He strengthens our heart. And we have these two expressions, which means to make heavy. And Vayichazek to make strong. Seems to go back and forth with that. Also for our research department, look into. 
The heart of Paro was strengthened. And he did not send the Jewish people out of Israel, I mean, the Jewish the children of Israel out of Egypt. Because why? As we see, as soon as everything is fine, he's back to his set point, which is a very self oriented perspective. God says to Moshe, stretch forth your hand towards the heavens. Here we're at plague nine, the plague of darkness. There will be darkness over the land of Egypt. And the darkness will become darker. See in Rashi, what does it mean? The dark, it's going to be darker than the darkness of night. And the darkness of night will become even darker. But there is another interpretation. That it was so dark, it was doubled and redoubled and thick to the degree that it was tangible. It was a tangible darkness. And um, as we know, as Rashi will tell us, it was a darkness that caused the people, the Egyptians, to be stuck in their place. So Moshe stretches out his fourth hand upon the heavens. There was a thick darkness throughout the land of Egypt for three days. Says Rashi, the first three days, so the first three days of the plague, it was a darkness where no, they couldn't see anything. And then there was another three of, of a double darkness, that no person was able to rise, no Egyptian. If he had been sitting when the plague commenced, when the three days commenced, he couldn't stand. Oimed, if he was standing, he couldn't sit. Now Rashi explains, why did God bring them this plague of darkness? And he says, because there were Jews in that generation who were to show him who were wicked and they didn't want to leave Egypt. Can you imagine? After all that, after the eight plagues, the great miracles, they said, no, we're happy in Egypt. We don't want to leave. So what is going to happen with these people? They couldn't leave Egypt because they don't want to leave Egypt. You don't want, you don't want. So what are they going to do? Stay in Egypt? No. So they they were meant to die. And so they died during these three days of darkness. Why then? So that the Egyptians would not see their downfall. Because if that, that were the case, if they would see it, then they would say, oh, you see, the Jews are also being punished. So the whole point of the plagues was to show that God is the God of the Jewish people and he's here to save the Jewish people. If all these Jews start dying, and we'll see it's four-fifths of them, which is a very big amount, then the whole thing is not going to, it's going to backfire. It's like, ah, everybody's getting hit over here. Oh, there was a, a second element to this darkness for God's plan that the Jewish people were checking out what's going on by the Egyptians in the uh, China closet. And then they were able to ask, you know, can I borrow this? Can I borrow that? 
And the Egyptians would say, oh, we don't have that. He says, are you sure? Are you sure it's not in the top shelf of the closet over there? So those are the two reasons that God brings the plague of darkness. Why does Rashi have to explain why, you blame, why the plague of darkness? He doesn't ask that about anything else. Good. Leave it for the research department. Man did not see his, his brother, his fellow, and no man arose from his place for three days, but for the Jewish people. There was light in their dwellings. We'll stop the shear. We'll open it up to questions and comments.